0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
1: I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take.
0: You're tuned into the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Ryan Roberts. Today we're going to start our conversation regarding the 2023 class and we thought a a fun way to start things off was not only diving into the quarterbacks but we also wanted to begin the discussion that's already been happening on Twitter a week after the 2022 NFL draft. Is it CJ Stroud the Ohio State QB or is it Bryce Young the Alabama QB that deserves to be next year's either first overall pick or the first quarterback selected in this class and I think Ryan and I, you, are, you and I are going to uh, agree on this a little bit more than most people do, which I wasn't necessarily expecting. But right. nonetheless, here we are already arguing over who QB1 is, and we're only a week removed from the last cycle. I mean, at least we're arguing about good quarterbacks this cycle, so that's that's a change, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> it well, I mean, it was, that's so I think that's something that we're gonna we're gonna talk about it at some point um, this week. But mm-hmm. it is a really interesting angle on this. How last year, even right from the jump, it was a pretty quick indication of wow, this quarterback group is not very good. It is not going to be a, a talented group, and probably not many guys that are. Vying for the first overall pick to now where we're at least debating a handful of guys to go in the first round, and then these two guys as a 1A, 1B for the 2023 class.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just an interesting conversation because it kind of seems that Stroud and Young, at least off of initial viewing, have already kind of supplanted themselves as like the top two guys. You know, like I feel like usually summer scouting is like trying to figure out tiers. And it seems like they're already kind of in their tier by themselves. And I think that that's sometimes impulsive from a media perspective, but also just kind of some of the guys I'm viewing, I kind of buy into it to be, to be completely honest. We have two guys from two very high level schools that are perennial powers that
0: have produced quarterbacks sort of Mm
1: -hmm.
0: kind of, and, and more so lately. Because well, Alabama for so long was not, and then you know, we get I guess you can count Jalen Hurts, he's an NFL starter, but he came from Oklahoma his last year. Um, to uh who's still the you know, we're not hundred percent sure. Mac Jones is only a year into the into his career, and the only Ohio State guy that we can point to is Justin Fields, and he's still also too early to know for sure.
1: Well, well, historically speaking, let's go on a history trip for a second, Joe. Yeah. Ohio State has never really produced quarterbacks. I mean, you'll think of guys like Arch Schleister and Troy Smith, who was a Heisman Trophy. I know, you're, you're looking at me like, who the hell is Arch Schleister? Arch Schleister was actually a really good quarterback at Ohio a State.
0: That's that you're going with here. Because <laughs> oh, no,
1: we're going historical here for yeah. a second, okay? Arch Schleister uh, actually got, uh, I think he got kicked out of the NFL for gambling. I think he was one of those guys. But anyway, oh, yeah. that's a different conversation for a different time. Degenerate gambler, also NFL quarterback, Arch Schleister. But my point is that, There is, people always talk about this, right? Like they talk about the historical trends, but then I feel like there's a preconceived notion that enters people's minds because they say like, oh, Ohio State's never developed quarterbacks. Why is this guy different? And I I think it's really lazy. I think it was kind of what I was going with. Because then Alabama is an interesting one because they had like Joe Namath back in the day, right? Ken Stabler was also an Alabama quarterback. So they've had Alabama quarterbacks like in the past past. But then they went through a really long time where they weren't developing quarterbacks. And you got the guys like A.J. McCarron and Greg McElroy during the Saban era, which are really good college players, but obviously not NFL players. Jalen Hurts has been meh, like, OK, I guess. Right. He's not Eagles. really
0: a, a lock. He, he, I mean, if yeah. he has a mediocre year this year, I would I would argue it's probably going to speed up that decision making. Exactly, and then
1: you have Tua, who's been mixed results. There's been some good. There's been a lot of fans don't like him though in Miami right now mm-hmm. because they drafted him over Justin Herbert. Which, like, I get it. that's fine. All this to say is that both these both these schools have not necessarily produced high level quarterbacks recently. Like, you're st- they're still kind of the jury is out on guys like Justin Fields, like Tua Ta- Tango-Vailoa. So we need to see how they how they you know, develop as far as a developmental side of the programs. But all that to say is I need people to move past the very easy thing that says Ohio state doesn't develop quarterbacks. Alabama Mm -hmm. quarterbacks aren't as good on the NFL level as they're in college. I want us to kind of keep an open mind here is basically all I'm trying to say.
0: So I find that I find that funny because there's, there's two sides of the coin here when doing the helmet scouting for these two guys, because, The one side of it is like what you're talking about, the assumption that Ohio State guys just don't pan out. There's various things that come into play with that, especially the recent offense that Ryan Day has been running with Ohio State. And then as you're talking about, the Alabama guys also don't necessarily pan out. So there's that side of it. But then the flip of it is people may be saying like, oh, we're propping up the Ohio State quarterback, the Alabama quarterback, the big program quarterback. And it seems like there's no happy medium. I think for once, we need to just completely take both those out of the equation and just evaluate these guys as prospects. And it's going to be a good year for that because they do more than what's outside of the constraints of their programs. And I think they're probably two of the better prospects to come out of those programs recently compared to Justin Fields, compared to two, compared to Mac Jones. It's going to make that these discussions a lot easier because they're just really good football players. And
1: and they're both going to be redshirt sophomores. So they both it's only crazy. played one year on the college level. I mean, I think Bryce Young threw like very few amount of passes his f- true freshman year before last year. And if I remember correctly, I don't think CJ Stroud threw a single pass as a redshirt. So yeah, it's, it's going to be fascinating because you also have to project forward with these guys a ton because they've only played college football for one year. Like this isn't... Yeah. Andrew Luck going into his redshirt junior year. This isn't this other miscellaneous Trevor Lawrence going into his true junior season. Like that, these are different players. This is people are projecting far with this group. Cause I mean, honestly, there are, there are negatives on film that we're going to talk about a little Mm -hmm. bit, right? Like there are for each player. These guys are not perfect prospects. They're not number one overall picks right now because of what we saw tangibly on the field last season. It's the projection part of everything, which which makes it fun. It does, especially when you're talking about a guy that's only played one year of college football. Because it can go backwards in in a hurry. People regress all the time, but in a traditional sense, in a in a exponential sense, these guys are going to get significantly better. Like you have to, mm-hmm. you have to assume that that's going to happen.
0: So let me ask you this though: What would it take for one of these guys to maybe go back to school? Because that that's on the table. I, I don't. It doesn't seem likely, but you never yeah. know. It's always possible with a young young guy like this. Both of them, their eligibility is the same. Is it a, a massive regression from from one of them? Which again, it's not likely because both guys are returning with um, a good amount of You know, they're they're good receivers, good running mm-hmm. backs. Yeah. Alabama just added Jameer Gibbs. They're obviously losing some offensive linemen, but like they're not losing major pieces that are going to slow them down.
1: Yeah, I, it's tough, man. It's tough. I mean, I, I, I would I would assume, and this is just speculation on my part, I would assume that both CJ, CJ Stroud and Bryce Young, when they were going through the recruiting process, they probably didn't think that they were going to be four-year players. Like, let's call it what it is, right? Like they thought they probably are going to be three-year players then make the jump to the next level. So for them to go back to school – and different things drive different people like some people you know they want their degree and and they want to you know play college football as long as they can and now there's the NIL layer of everything where like you're going to make a significant amount of money on the on the level anyway so why not you know delay it for a year type of thing but all that to say is i think that if either one of those return for another year after the 2022 season I would assume it has to be injury related or a huge regression, not even a slight regression. Cause I, I still think if CJ Stroud has a season equal to what he had last year and maybe slightly less, I think he would still probably enter the draft. So it has to be like a catastrophic DJ Uyunglele type of, you know, regression, you know? So it has to be something like that, but I think more than likely the only thing that would keep them in school is maybe some type of serious injury personally
0: right and we're going to talk a little bit about those traits and i just think what we've seen on tape is uh, like we know as long as they can tap into some of those things if they look worse this year they still have enough of those physical tools to bank on where coming into the class maybe somebody pushes ahead of them they'll still probably be a first round pick especially especially after how bad last year's group was there are now going to be and it seemed like this cycle there were not many quarterback needy teams next year it's going to be the reverse of that I feel like we're going to have a lot more potential openings because this year we had a ton of teams with second or third year quarterbacks that they weren't necessarily sure on giving them that final chance but following cycle the Giants could possibly open up. The Dolphins could possibly open up. The Eagles, the Texans. There are a lot more teams that are going to open up for possibilities to be looking for for replacements. So if someone like Stroud or Young takes a step back, they're going to still be good enough for a team to say, all right, you know what? We're we're still going to take a chance on you because last year we didn't have that opportunity to maybe take a guy. Yeah, no, no. It's well said. I I would say that
1: we saw the NFL for once, seemed to kind of wise up a little bit and decide that we're not going to reach on quarterbacks substantially in last, Mm -hmm. last cycle. Right. So I think that, I think that you saw them have a general understanding that 2023 could be better. So why were you going to push, you know, to, Take a, take a big mortgage out on a player that you're not sold on. So I agree. I, I think that next year's class, just from a vacuum, looks a lot better, and I think that that's going to force guys like Stroud and Young out because there is going to be a high demand, I think, next offseason for quarterback play. I think you're absolutely correct.
0: So before we continue on, Ryan, I want to tell our listeners about BetOnline. online continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, including updated odds, on the NBA and NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, including live betting in your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head to their website today or use your mobile device to join. and Use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. So Ryan, jumping into talking about these, these prospects, the, the one thing... I want to start off by talking about with C.J. Stroud. I keep getting people on Twitter pushing the, like, oh, this is going to be a tough year for the Ohio State quarterbacks can't make reads crowd. But can I come out and say that that, that has to be a somewhat of a concern with Stroud? Because that was the one thing that stood out to me a lot on tape. And I understand that it's, it's in an offense. It's a lot of one reads. It's a lot of quick decision making. That quick decision-making is really nice to have, and I, I think that it stood out that he can be that decisive. But at the same time, there's a lot of times where it feels like he's just staring at one guy, and that guy doesn't get open, and he could be going through his progressions. Are you at all worried about that stuff? Because it doesn't necessarily worried me, but it, it was one of those weaknesses that stood out.
1: Yeah, I, I think when you look at where it was from the first game of the season until the end of the season, which I think is important to watch tape chronologically, you know, you don't want to just watch the three first games of the season. Like you want to watch one early, one mid, and then, you know, one or two late to see kind of how progression happens. And I think that when you saw the progression that CJ Stroud had, I I thought you did see better eye discipline down the stretch. I thought you saw eye manipulation. I I think that there were signs that things are getting better because that like my whole point to start this podcast was we also have to remember that this kid was a redshirt freshman last year right like he it was his first time doing it and there are a lot of simplistic things about the Ohio State offense it's expanded since Ryan Day has really put his fingerprints on it but there are a lot of I mean, they're running a lot of mesh sit and they're running a lot of like very simplistic throws where there's only one read off of it type type of situation or it's one read the check down type type of type of movement. But Ohio State has gotten more advanced over the years. And I thought over the last portion of the season, I thought Stroud showed a lot of eye eye manipulation. I thought he showed a lot more tools in that department. Than maybe a tradition uh, than your standard quarterback has shown at Ohio State. So I thought it is heading in the right direction. But I agree with you. There are some times where you just get stuck on the first read. There absolutely is. So um yeah, I I think that there is there is definitely some worry, as much worry that you should have for a redshirt freshman quarterback, but I'm not overly worried because I think that you saw dramatic improvements from game one until game 13, 14, whatever it ended up being.
0: So Ryan, I think one of the things that really stands out for both these guys is the accuracy that they have and how quick one they are at getting the ball out like we were just talking about with Stroud. But the accuracy is something that certainly stands out on tape, something that we didn't get a lot of from the last class. The one guy who was accurate lacked the arm strength that you would like for a first round quarterback. But we we don't have that here with these two guys. They've got the NFL level arm strength, not necessarily huge arms, but they have those NFL type arms but the accuracy behind it to me is something that stood out a lot watching these players because you know, that that was what made them so good last year is that consistency that always hitting their guys right where the ball needed to be placed and having really, really strong completion percentages.
1: Yeah. I, th- I think that when you look at both those players, I think that there's a natural feel to both of them as passers. I mean, CJ Stroud's one of the more a- accurate quarterbacks that I've seen on the college level, like he throws I mean, just some back shoulder throws that are just insane. Some bucket throws down the sideline, down the field a little bit. I think he has really nice, just, I think he has really nice deep ball accuracy overall, a CJ Stroud. I think that he really throws with a lot of touch and a lot of anticipation in that regard. Bryce Young, I don't think is quite as accurate down the field as a CJ Stroud is, but I think yeah. from short to intermediate, man, that kid is just pinpoint. Like he puts the ball everywhere that it needs to be. So, yeah, I, I I like both of them in that regard. There's no accuracy issues moving forward. There, there's there's they're ve- both just very natural throwers. Like it's just very easy for them in that regard.
0: So the one thing for for Young that stands out ahead of Stroud when I was watching him is his composure in the pocket, his demeanor, how he handles himself. He out of any of the guys that I've watched so far easily has the most calm reaction to everything. Breaking down in front of him. And I and I know that he had a really talented offensive line protecting him. Like Evan Neal was a top five, top ten pick, rather. There's a lot of really good linemen on that group. There wasn't a lot of instances where he was being pressured very, very heavily. But you watch Bryce Young compared to CJ Stroud. I see a guy that isn't phased by anything. He was able to to consistently go through his progressions, not allow whatever was going on around him to disrupt his decision making. Not like that was happening all the time. There were occasional mistakes here and there. But he has that composure coupled with an ability to recognize when he needs to leave the pocket and a nice athletic uh, build that allows him to throw on the run. And and that's kind of like why we're getting these Russell Wilson comparisons for Bryce Young because he's small, he's six foot, he's probably maybe even a hair under six foot. And that pocket awareness, that pocket mobility is what has made Russell Wilson so good it's not that he's like a downfield runner and he's um you know he's an extension of the run game what has made russell wilson so great is that he can elude pressure on a team that has never consistently had good blocking for him and i think you get a little bit of that with with bryce young
1: yeah i i think you do from the pocket perspective and the ability to evade pressure i agree with you 100 i mean russell wilson was was a 455 five athlete like he was a really good athlete obviously former you know, short stop that was drafted in the major leagues. So he was he was a legit athlete. I think that he's a better, just obviously straight line athlete than a Bryce Young, obviously. But Bryce Young is I just call him a bouncy in the pocket, man. He's really cat quick in the pocket, avoids pressure well. He is one of the coolest guys I've ever seen working in the pocket. Just kind of subtle movements, staying calm, not getting happy feet. Like those things are like they're rare. Like you can't, you can't, I mean, you can approve those things, of course. Like there's a million different quarterback drills that you can do to help, you know, pressure within the pocket and all that type of stuff. But there is something just innately special about him and very natural about his movements inside the pocket. And I think when you compare it to Bryce young, Joe, I mean, to, uh, sorry to CJ Stroud, I think that's one of the biggest differences for me. Cause I've seen moments where CJ Stroud also manipulates the pocket well, and he moves up and he, Stands tall, and there's a lot of g- good, mo- um, good pluses in that department. But then also, I see a lot of happy feet to be honest at, at points with a guy like a CJ Stroud. I see him kind of compromise his base at times. And again, I think it got better towards this sh- latter stages of the season. But I think that the pack, the pocket awareness and manipulation definitely goes to Bryce Young, in my opinion. Like it's not even close.
0: So, Ryan, though, I think for that reasoning, if we're trying to differentiate between the two, when I was watching them. I like C.J. Stroud as a prospect, and I, and I know that one of the things that we always enter when we're talking about guys is if you try to say you like one over the other, everybody assumes that means you hate the other guy. C.J. Stroud is a fantastic prospect. He's going to be drafted very, very highly, and I think he's going to have a fantastic NFL career. But if I'm picking one over the other, I'm leaning towards Bryce Young and the way that he composes himself in the pocket. Those kinds of things really stood out to me, and that I really, really like about him as a prospect. The one thing that Kind of irks me a little bit when we're trying to compare the two is a lot of people go, Oh, I'm I'm going with CJ Stroud because they're so close, but he's taller, he's bigger. It's not like he's got a bigger build. He's six foot three and very, very lean, first of all. But second of all, we're in an era where six foot three compared to six foot, like it's not as much of a, a deal breaker as it has been in the past. I'd rather have that mobility, I'd, I'd rather have the that decision making. Those kinds of things go, I think, further than just the size traits. But the the one holdup that is also held me back a tiny bit is what I brought, brought up earlier, is that CJ Stroud, I just feel, doesn't have as much of that ability to go through his progressions and does tend to lock onto those first receivers very, very frequently. I need to see less of that this upcoming year if I want to move Stroud over Young uh, amongst the two of them.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I'm on the same wavelength in the sense that I have Young very slightly over Stroud right now. And I, I want to also reiterate, like you just kind of said, I like CJ Stroud as well. <laughs> it's not that I just it's not that I think that Bryce Young is a potential first overall pick and then CJ Stroud's a second third round quarterback. Like, no, that's that's not what the instance is here. I think both of them have the potential to be the number one overall pick. I would say, though, that when you're comparing them, they're a little bit apples to Apples to oranges, you know, they're not like you You already mentioned the size thresholds. I I'm, know I'm, I don't worry too much about size at the quarterback position as long as a guy knows how to manipulate passing windows and passing lanes. And, you know, if it's not a, if it's not an issue on film, then it's not an issue just overall. Right. And obviously Bryce Young, six foot, maybe a hair under 5'11 and some change has enough athleticism. He's not ever, never going to be a runner, but he's an evader. He can extend in the pocket. I think Stroud can do some of those things too, though. I, I think that he has that regard, both incredibly accurate. Like you said, I like Stroud a little more down the field comparative to a Bryce Young, but there's just things about Bryce Young that I just buy into from just a natural perspective, like movement in the pockets, throwing from multiple arm angles, doing different things like that. Like he just seems to have an internal clock that just seems to be clicking at an insane rate. And I think that Stroud has a lot of those same things as well. I just think that young is a little further along right now. So if both of them take a huge step forward, I think it's going to be a great debate on which one you would rather have for me right now for the games that I've seen from both on all 22, I would take young very slightly,
0: but I also do like Stroud. So it's a good debate. uh, Again, that's, that's a big part of my reasoning here is, is what you're talking about. There is not a like comparable massive difference in the arm strength of Stroud to Young. There's not like a huge drop off. Do you you think?
1: Let me ask you this. I don't mean to interrupt you, but we didn't really dive deep into there. I think we both agree. I don't think that either has elite arm strength. I think they both are plus
0: in the arm strength category. Whose arm do you think is better? I think Stroud slightly, like so, just so slightly. Because you talked about that deep ball accuracy that he has is better than, than Bryce Young's. And I I think part of that comes from being able to, to push the ball down the field better is, is being more accurate comes with, with more strength. Maybe, maybe I'm pushing that a little bit too hard, but but I I, like he, my point is what I'm trying to get at more is that he's able to get the ball downfield more consistently and more accurately and I, it, it's again, it's so slight. It's it's not like I'm noticing like a big difference. It's just so slight. Maybe that's why he's better at it. Well, well. So so you're saying that you think that it's easier for him to
1: push the ball, which would make it just easier for him to you know be yes. more accurate with it. Like yes. it's it's simpler, it's easier. Yes. It's an and easier again, task. it's so
0: slight. It's so slight. Right. Is is right. that's really it? But Ryan, what I was getting at though is yep. that you know that decision making, that internal clock, like that's what I like more about Young, and that's something that holds back a lot of quarterback prospects. It's something that it we tend to overlook at times because we get caught up in the traits. and It's something like we're doing right now with Will Levis is everyone's getting caught up with the big arm that he has and, and how powerful it is. But other aspects of his game are not that great. But somebody like Bryce Young, that internal clock, coupled with that accuracy, as well as having uh, an NFL first-round caliber-type arm, like that's what should make him the first guy drafted the first quarterback drafted is he has those things and he is further along and more ready to play now. And I don't think that it's, I'm not saying that Stroud can't do that. He could take a huge step forward this upcoming season. Maybe Brian day opens up the offense a little bit more, which I would love to see, but just because of what we've gotten from young so far, again, that internal clock, that pocket awareness, the uh, ability to, to operate with everything going around him, that is, is pro level. and that is. Easily one of his best traits. Well, here, I'm going to say something, and I want you just to react to it, okay? Okay. So I'm going to
1: say something here. I would argue, and I want to know if you agree with this or not. I could argue that if both take a a, a big step forward pertinent to their talent level, then Stroud has a higher upside than a Bryce Young. Bryce Young might be more maxed out than a CJ Stroud is currently. Do you agree with this? Like, uh, so like what I'm th- saying, th- I is I think
0: so. I think I, uh, yeah,
1: what I'm saying what I'm saying is, is, is CJ Stroud has a frame where if you do power to it, he yes. has have a stronger arm. Bryce Young's arm is probably not going to get a ton stronger, right? Yes,
0: I do agree with you because they're so close right now. And my drawback for Stroud is that lack of decision making the lock onto one receiver. I'm going to stare him down and hope he gets open. And then that kind of that disrupts some of his his plays those are some of his weaker plays so if we're talking about a step forward a step forward for me from him is if he works out of that and he does a lot more looking through his progressions and and improves his composure in the pocket like those things are are what's going to make him a lot better and i think if you add those things with the arm strength that you're talking about yeah it, it would make him the better prospect it does give him higher upside
1: yeah, I, I guess I guess what my point was is that I, I I think that Bryce Young is probably closer to his ceiling than C.J. Stroud is closer to his. I guess is what I was trying to go yes. for there. And not that that always matters. I want people to understand. Like that doesn't always matter because Will Levis has a higher ceiling than both. There's no doubt about that from a talent perspective. Insane to say. (laughs) He does, though, man. Like, he is 6'3, rocket arm. Better athlete than both these guys, by the way. Will Levis, Uh, better athlete than both of them. You
0: you know what I saw? We're going to talk about this on, I think we're going to do another show soon. You know what I saw? So, uh, there was like a quote from an NFL exec that said Levis is uh, Taysom Hill. And I don't, I think that's, Uh, that is horrendous. Don't do do that. I mean, he's a much, more talented thrower than right. He's a similar
1: athlete I guess right
0: he's a good yeah. athlete but like man that arm the ball just flies off his hand like that was yeah. like immediately like first couple of throws it was like holy crap but then you see the couple where he overshoots receivers the ball is just going mm-hmm. all over the place I mean it's such a jackass comparison and I hate doing it. But is it annoying to do the Josh Allen cop for for a Will Levis or is there somebody it's better? Not, no, it's it's not. I mean, his arm isn't quite Josh Allen, but like it's right.
1: not unreasonable to make that cop. He might even be faster than Josh Allen, man. Like I think that Will Levis. Well, he's like, a
0: little like, smaller can, too.
1: A little smaller. You know the guy that he reminds me of, Joe, that like terrifies me though. And this, you're gonna be like, what? He reminds me a lot of Blaine Gabbert. And like, oh my, <laughs> but, but Joe coming out of Missouri, Blaine Gabbert was a first round pick for oh, a reason, man. No. It's yeah, a really talented player, really very talented. good athlete. <sighs> and a strong arm, man. Blaine Gabbert was really talented. He just he was missing something, right? Like, he was missing something yeah. from, a, from a field perspective, from an IQ perspective. Just there was something missing with Blaine Gabbert. And that's kind of how I feel with Will Levis right now. Not that Will can't get there. He's really talented, but like, man, he misses some layups right now on film, like just stuff that you cannot miss. Uh,
0: so. I think I think, uh, you know, watching you're talking about like his, his decision making and stuff like that. Uh, you have to really question the mental processing of a man who eats a banana with the with the peel on it. Yes. Well,
1: <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm worried because we just talked about two guys that are, you know, one year starters, just like Will Levis is, but they don't eat banana peels. So, you know, I, I have yeah. I have better hope that their decision making may improve than th- that man. But yes, yeah, exactly. Uh, I feel so bad. I feel so bad throwing the Blaine gabber comp on him, man. I really do. But uh, yeah, just, that's I mean, because I mean, that's not said- a, like
0: there's no like redeeming quality from that comp. There's literally right. not a single one.
1: Well, you just said Josh Allen. I just said Blaine Gabbert, right? Obviously, you weren't comparing to Josh Allen. You're saying like he has traits like a Josh Allen maybe I did in here in Wyoming. The,
0: yeah, the, the comparison is a uh, really good arm, has no idea how to really reel it in and use it. He's just yes. ripping the ball. That's that's, that's it.
1: Well, and, and my point was is that you put Josh Allen and Blaine Gabbert from an athletic perspective and from an arm strength perspective <sighs> next to each other coming out. They're not that far away, Joe. It's just the, innate I, I know, stuff I know <sighs> it's not that far, man. Go look at Blake Gabbard. He ran like four, six coming out, dude. He was a good player. At- yeah, I mean, he, he was wasn't really six, foot good. F-
0: six foot four dude. But the reason why I'm grimacing is just like, it feels like, so wrong to put those guys in the same sentence because Josh Man. Allen is now going to be an MVP candidate every single every single year. Blaine Gabbert was horrendously terrible. Well th- but that's
1: but that's the comparison because that's the ways it can go, right? Like it can go so right like a Josh Allen betting on traits or it can go so wrong betting on traits like a Jake Locker or a Blaine Gabbert. That's why quarterback position more than a- anything is not solely a traits position. There is innate things, character things that can separate a player from being really good or not good at all, right? Like that right. that was my point is that there these separating factors are not physically given. Like those things are not the differences between Josh Allen and Blaine Gabbert from a physical perspective aren't a ton, but it's it's here, right? It's in the mind, it's in the understanding of how to play, it's in the coachability that Josh Allen was able to have Going to Buffalo, being coached by that staff, working with Jordan Palmer, doing all those types of things—that's the separation factor that people don't talk about enough. Is that things can go sideways quick, depending on the person. We are scouting people, not numbers, and I just want to reemphasize that. Some people disagree, apparently,
0: according yes. to Twitter. Um, yep. I think it's a good notes to wrap us though, uh, Ryan. i us call called you Sean. Uh, say yeah. you're call me Sean. I, I'm I'm not six foot six and 320 pounds be sure to hit that subscribe button if you enjoyed listening we've got more uh quarterback content coming our way i'm gonna go pay for better internet because i can't do this anymore but thanks for tuning in and we'll talk to you later